Joan Hogan welcoming you to the Prairie Doc radio program. Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc, is right here ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. Good morning, Dr. Holm. Good morning, Joan Hogan. Good to have you here. You weren't really late. I think we might have started a little early. It's okay. You know, I was expecting that Santana piece to go a little longer. So I, uh, I recorded Joni a couple of weeks ago with your commercials, and my typing skills being rather lacking, I try and use as few letters as possible. So it says, stroke safety dog. Is, that's what, <laughs> <laughs> so I, that'll stroke, be interesting. We all want to hear that commercial. Stroke safety dog. Stroke safety dog. Whatever was she talking it's about? It's three of them. It's water safety, heat stroke, and dog safety. But oh, it, dog but safety. It's stroke safety dog. Did she put all that into one thirty? No, seconds? no. It's it's three separate. Oh, thank goodness! But, I couldn't imagine those three of them. But each one. of those three words are just jumping off the screen at me. So there, yes, there you're it ready goes. for them. Okay. You know, you know her thirty-second spots really are good. I should commend Joni. She is. Um, you know, we're doing four shows in Rapid City that'll be shown. Uh, over Christmas, right, for our TV show. And she is writing t- uh, two of the essays. Well, good for her. For the, for the uh, thing. I got a sore on my thumb, Bob is pointing out. Yeah, oh. I was cutting collard greens in my garden, and I cut my thumb instead. That happens. A doctor. Happen? <laughs> so here it was, collard gl- greens with blood all over them. Thank God he's not a surgeon, right? added the flavor to the collard greens <laughs> oh, that we sure. had. Oh, sure. A little blood. A little meat in there is, you know, is yeah. okay. <laughs> So, but I mean, she's going to do uh, two of the essays for, you know, we have got to get uh, enough essays written. You know, you've got to write these essays. Well, when you have four shows in a row, that's a That's fair a lot to... It takes a lot of time to write one essay. And, uh, and so, there it is. I've, I've written an essay on vaccines, which is a show we'll be recording tomorrow night, but you won't see it because it's fundraising, I think. But it is fundraising in South Dakota Public Television, right. so I knew you wouldn't have a show tomorrow night. But I also thought, is this the first program with all the students back? That yes, you can, the students oh, are back. Because so in the summer, he can't really produce a live show because they use the students at South Dakota State to hold the cameras, to do all the extra that needs to be done. Right, which is a wonderful thing for the yeah. students, a wonderful thing for us. And uh, But it, it takes us out for the summer. Well, we you know, for 14 years, we did it all the way through through the summer, everything. But it's kind of nice to have a summer It's off. nice to take it off. And now you're back at it, and you start tomorrow, and you'll be taping a show. Sometimes you need to do that for other periods of time it, when you need to have it. Tomorrow night, we're going to be recording a show on vaccines, and we have uh, Archie, uh, which, which is the head of the pediatrics in, uh, in Sioux Falls, uh, Department of Internal of, uh, Pediatrics. Uh, and she uh, is the live guest. The, the Skyped-in guest is going to be Julie Gerberding, who is the head oh. of Merck's vaccination uh, version. One and former head. Of the CDC. Yes. Uh, Center for Disease Control and Prevention. And the young woman grew up right here in Brookings, South yes, Dakota. Yes, she did. So uh, she will be our Skyped-in guest, and that show will be in May. Okay. Of 2019. Well, that sounds good. We are due to take our first break, and this is truly, Dr. Holm doesn't have a program to talk about tomorrow night. We would love your call-ins. Give us a call with any questions you might have, and we'll be back right after these words. 
Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Happy to have you listening. I'm Joan Hogan. With me in the studio is Dr. Rick Holm. And Dr. Rick Holm is ready to answer any questions you might have. I forgot to give the number when I said give him a call. 692-1430-1430. Give a call. 1430 on That's your it. dial. And we'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, I did want to mention, I was so impressed this week, and many of you may have seen this on the news, the head of the School of Medicine at New York University had their white coat ceremony when all the incoming physicians are given their white coat. They're entering med school. And at that ceremony, the head of the School of Medicine announced your tuition is free and tuition is free for the second and third year class as well. No one is paying tuition at South Dakota, at the uh, New York University School of Medicine. Isn't that phenomenal? Well, the two things will happen, of course. Uh, people will scramble to go there, particularly the poorer people, which will allow the brilliant poor people, which, which is like... That's you know, one the, thing they talked we about? We love that. The yes. second thing it will do is people will, will go into the fields they want to go into instead of the fields that are lucrative. Because lucrative. they... Well, they, they're at least $60,000 per year in debt. So most of them come out of med school owing at least $200,000. And this, the head of the school was interviewed and he said, we now can have people going into primary care, which is where they need to be, internal medicine, pediatrics, all of these fields that they didn't go into because they wanted to go into the lucrative ones. Well, they have to go to the lucrative ones to pay back the 200, 300, uh, that, you know, when you're a poor person coming in, that's an, you know, you may find... If you're a, a rich person coming in, that's expensive. That's a lot they of money. They have that debt when you're ready to start your career. So, I mean, uh, when I went to uh, college, I went to four years of college at USD and my total bill for four years of college was $5,000. I did, and I tried to work, but for the most part, I just borrowed it. My dad and mom didn't have the money to help me uh, much, uh, but they, they, um, they supported me with lots of love. They just didn't have the money. So I had $5,000 worth of bill. For the next two years of med school, I had $5,000 worth of, of uh, loan. So I had a $10,000 loan coming after six years of, me of med school, I, or uh, six years of college and med school. Then I went to, U, uh, to Emory, where I had uh, two years of, of med school, and the total bill for those two years was uh, about 15000 So then I had $25,000. I thought I was the poorest man in the world. I had uh, $25,000 worth of debt when I got done with medical school, you know, and then I went into a residency, and they paid me a big walloping sum of $7,500 for the... You didn't know what to do with all that for, money, did you? For the first year. <laughs> I, instead of having to pay, I got $7,500 for a year of work. Of course, it was it was 100 hours of work a week. Yes. <laughs> it was Slave labor, there you were. <laughs> but you were being paid $7,000 hey, a year. Hey, it was oh. a wonderful experience. But that $25,000 in debt... When you're all finished, you couldn't go. You couldn't do charitable work. You were the charity. You had yeah. to go to work and get paid <laughs> so you could pay off your bill, right? So, and and of course, uh, I I got it. My first full time job. I was teaching at Emory, and they paid me thirty five thousand dollars a year for for. Uh, man, I was I was rolling in the dough. I can tell you that I had an apartment that I could pay. Yeah, wow! I was saving money. My dad had me donating a hundred dollars of a. Uh, a month uh, to uh, my savings. And Your dad I, and was I got nobody's fool. <laughs> uh, $100 a month 
you know, there was a lot for a guy in his late twenties, early thirties that to put that money away. You know, smart for your dad to tell you to well, do that. Well, he was trying. He, you know, and of course, it it paid off eventually. You know, I had money that was accruing. And you know how that goes. It doubles every seven years, whatever money you save, you mm-hmm. know, if you put it in a index fund or something like that. It works. It well, works. Good for you and, and really good for NYU in that uh, I don't really know. It was interesting to me. I kept watching it on a couple of different newscasts. They didn't really say how they were covering this cost. But NYU, then they mention a couple of other colleges are doing something similar to this, and they're doing it out of their foundation. So hopefully, this will be a positive change for medicine. Yeah, I, I my, it would really be good. I totally, I, I love yep. it. I, I was thinking what Petersdorf had suggested back in the '70s that we should be doing is, is uh, requiring everybody to do two years of either uh, medical service or military service or. Some, some kind of, of service, service and right. in return the government would pay for your med school which would be great and and that well, would way you would be kind of pushed into primary care initially realize the value of that and uh, what's more yeah. you would yeah. pay back you wouldn't have these big huge debts so uh, that's enough on that I, I I just think about the little amount of money that I owed at the end of my training and the huge amount of money that they have to owe now uh, wherever you go Except NYU. So you can understand them going into specialties rather than into general practice. Totally understand yeah. it. Well, we're going to, we did, we mentioned at the break that we would love to have a call. We've had a couple of calls come in. We will get to those right after these words. As school sports practice begins while it's hot outside, remember to wear and reapply sunscreen as indicated on the package. Drink more water than usual and don't wait until you're thirsty to drink more. Muscle cramping can be an early sign of heat-related illness. Monitor a teammate's condition and have someone do the same for you. Wear loose, lightweight, light-colored clothing. Call the Avera Medical Group Brookings at 697-9500 if you have questions about heat illness. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Dr. Holm is here ready to answer your questions, and we appreciate the calls that have come in. Well, and you know what? We do so much appreciate calls. I mean, it makes it your show. It's more interesting to me, certainly, when when I'm not just talking off the top of my hat, but uh, able to respond to your interests and your thoughts. And so thank you for your calls, and give us another call. Okay. This woman called in, and she was in a car accident. She was rear-ended. So she went to the emergency room because she was dizzy, throwing up, and blurred vision. This, in the emergency room, she was diagnosed with vertigo. Later on, she went to a chiropractor who said it was whiplash, not vertigo. How do you diagnose, how do you know the difference between whiplash and vertigo? Well, a person who's having uh, the symptoms that she described Dizziness. initially. Right. Vomiting, blur blur vision. vision. That's a concussion, likely. She hit her head. She had a concussion. A concussion is a a jostling around of the brain, and the result is uh, it's head trauma, and uh, it's a dangerous thing. You don't want to have any more head trauma now for two weeks, uh, or there can be permanent destruction of the brain uh, and long-term post-traumatic stress, or, I mean, uh, post-concussion But you can have these uh, terrible 
brain and permanent brain injuries. So uh, the, the long and the short of it is, is my, my suspicion that there was a concussion. Second issue is, what are the symptoms of a concussion? And it can be vertigo, which is dizziness, uh, true dizziness, twirling. Uh, not lightheadedness, which is the symptom you get when you've not been drinking and you stand up too quickly. You've not been drinking enough fluids. You stand up too quickly and you get really lightheaded. Um, so uh, uh, vertigo is twirling. And my suspicion is anybody has twirling after a, a motor vehicle crash, there is a concussion. Now, she may also have had a uh, whiplash. Now, what is whiplash? Whiplash is when there has been an injury to the ligaments that hold the head up. Now, I mean, you know, as it is, the head is sitting uh, precipitously on a little pile of bones, and all the rest is just uh, muscle and ligaments and uh, cartilage, right, soft tissue. Uh, and, uh, but the muscles are the very important part of it, and the, of course, where muscles attach to uh, bone there's ligaments involved. That's what the ligaments are. Well, when there's a tear in a muscle or a ligament or even a, a bruise of a cartilage, there's pain. Uh, and particularly in the area of the head where your head is so dependent on the soft tissue, the muscles and the bones and the, I mean the muscles and the structures of the, of the uh, neck uh, that th they get an injury, that triggers a persistent pain cycle. Uh, I see that in low back. I see that in people who have neck problems. And then you can see it when somebody twists something and then that twist hurts for a long, long time. You know, an ankle that's been twisted and the ligaments have been uh, injured or the muscles and the ligaments are injured. So uh, that kind of thing can, can occur. And um, the most important thing is to try to break the cycle. And some of the uh, breaking of the cycle is gentle stretching. Uh, part of it is ice, uh, and sometimes people use ice and then heat and then ice and heat on top of that. Uh, uh, plenty of, uh, of uh, pain medicine. One can consider non-steroidal anti-inflammatories uh, in particular, like ibuprofen or Aleve, um, and, but don't discount the value of plain old Tylenol. Uh, so uh, that and time, uh, the neck... Um, injury uh, and the whiplash will gradually uh, resolve. So the answer is very likely she had both vertigo and whiplash. Whiplash manifested itself later when she went to the chiropractor, uh, but the, the vertigo was an indicator of a concussion. And more than likely, it was all a concussion and brought on the vertigo and the whiplash, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Concussions are such a dangerous thing. It, we're starting to realize that more and more with the football players that they're they're getting a little bit more careful, but well, it's a tough sport. That's so a tough sport. Well, is. there are other, you know, who are the most common uh, recipients, the <laughs> no. most common cause, the most ca common athletic event to cause a concussion. No, I don't know. Bicycling. Bicycling. Wow. People have probably four times more concussions related to bicycling than by football. And soccer is probably second, I think. But uh, boxing is way down there, but it isn't that uh, it, it doesn't occur a lot. It's just that there's not a lot of people boxing. And I there's a lot of people bicycling. You know, I bicycled for, well, I still do, but um, until I took a fall and was knocked out, 
I didn't realize oh, really? how important this is a few years ago. I don't oh. tell you these things without because a helmet. You'll give me hell because I wasn't right. Uh, I never wrote it with a helmet, and fortunately, it was with my daughter, and I was knocked out. Uh, you know, you hit that sludge, and the and yeah. yeah, you know what concussion. I mean. So the the wheels went, the concussion. I had an ambulance. There was all fun stuff. Oh, gee. But I I'm fine. But since then, I always wear a helmet, and I think you dumb dumb you. You could have avoided all of this yes. if you had always worn a helmet, but I don't usually yeah. listen to good advice. But now I do, <laughs> and when I'm biking around Brookings Oof, and yeah. I pass other bikers without helmets, I think, shame on you, but you, yeah. know, you yeah, can't. My experience. It's hard to let people know. It seems so innocent to be riding a bike, and if I had hel- had a helmet on, I would not have not have been injured like that. I think about uh, uh, Lucy Kephart's experience where she, uh, she, she was uh, biking with Amy Dunkel, who used to be the editor of the newspaper, you know. Right. And Amy and, and uh, Lucy were biking, and Lucy hit a um, culvert or hit a, the side of the road, actually, the ed- right. edge of the road. And it f- she flew, and she hit her head and broke her, hi- uh, her uh, helmet. Oh, broke, broke her helmet. Broke the helmet in half. And uh, oh my! And she said, "Think about what would have been broken if I had not had the helmet on." <laughs> so, so she was okay because she yeah. had the helmet on. Well, yeah, didn't knock yeah. her out. Didn't give her a concussion. Well, I haven't ridden a bike since without a helmet. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But I wish I had had been smart enough. If any of you bikers and, listening out there, please put and, a helmet. And on. ever since that concussion, you've been a little bit dingy. A little dingy. Usual. Yeah, that's probably the reason yeah, for it all. <laughs> okay. On that note, we're <laughs> going to take our next break. We'll be back right after these words. I don't remember that at all. Are we back? Okay. Uh, These two are talking about old times that I'm not familiar I with. I am Tell Joe's me about prostate. That we're talking about. It was in Reader's Digest? Reader's Digest. I am Joe's colon. I am Joe's well, nose. Why was every that every then? month they would have um, an article about a different organ, and they oh. must have run out of organs because yeah. they stopped <laughs> it, but it was like, you know, I'm Joe's heart. Yeah. And it'll tell you how many times in your life it would beat how many tens of millions of gallons of blood and it was really kind of interesting in yeah. a way whether it was true i don't know. oh it was well done i looked at it it was it always was well done and and thoroughly researched by the physician author so it covered and, every yeah, organ in yeah. your body very well done oh yep. okay it must not have been yeah, a reader's should, digest we reader. should have them bring it back you know that um i've referenced a couple of those in writing articles somebody asked me why you know you said we ran out of organs right <laughs> How can you run out of things to say? Lyle Bowes said this to me yesterday. You know, don't you run out of things to say? Aren't there, I mean, ha- have you have you run out of topics? They found a new organ now, though. Yes. What's the new the, organ? The, the, the interstitial, interstitial tissue. Yeah. Actually, oh, that's it's, right. it's yeah. the explanation for edema. Where does all that water go? I mean, it goes in between the tissues. Well, it's there. I mean, it's always been there. We always knew that. It's just that whenever you did a microscopic slice of tissue... Immediately, all the juice uh, emptied, Came out. and you had just kind of little, you know, sheets of what looks like crumpled up uh, we- uh, uh, spider web. But what it is is, think about the spider web filled out, you know, with uh, fluid in between, and that and That's that had never been really appreciated until they started doing live. Well, no, I, I think it was um, some uh, new technology can see it, right? Uh, electron microscopic scanning of live tissue or something like that. I don't know where I came so up with that. So it's new organ. might be right. true. But it's the new organ system, the interstitial tissue. And, and how did you answer your friend when you said, oh, don't you ever run out of things to talk about? And my answer is, you know, there in medicine, there is 
there is so much out there. I mean, there's no question. I don't have any any problem. I'm writing an essay right now for the pro, the prostate show that we're going to be doing September the 5th or something, right? So I've written, I don't know how many prostate articles, and I was kind of into men's health and thinking the difference between men and women. There was a recent article that looked at uh, how why men won't stop the car and ask to get directions. <laughs> I found that on the internet. Is there internet. a reason? I thought they were just men and the, stubborn. Well, they did a study and they put testosterone on half the men. There was a big group of men, you know, and half of them got testosterone patches. And then they had them uh, do a, a, uh, an erythro- a kind of a complicated mathematical uh, question. And the, and the the guys who d- didn't get the extra dose of testosterone kind of looked back, rechecked their, th- rethought their thing, rechecked, and realized, no, I was wrong. This is the right answer. The guys on the testosterone, oh, I've got the right answer, and they were wrong. They were done. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. It gives them this uh, confidence that they've got to move forward. They're going to do it this way, and then they've got the answer, and the testosterone's to blame. Isn't that interesting? They actually did a study. And they that's the it. reason they won't ask for directions. The testosterone. Oh, my. <laughs> Bob. Bob. You know, do you know what strikes fear in the heart of all men? Well, what's that? Digital rectal exam oh. for prostate. As so. <laughs> soon as you mentioned that you're writing an article on prostate, Bob started laughing. Yeah. Well, because we've all been there, <laughs> haven't been we? been there. Well, I I, you know, I remember getting my last... Uh, rectal exam and I'm uh, on, by a doctor who I was his doctor and I got and I got done and I went ow <laughs> that hurt you know when was your last rectal exam I don't remember your last rectal exam he said well it's been a while I said turn around you didn't <laughs> I did oh you're terrible R.C. Johnson the name that's struck fear in the heart of all yes. men so. <laughs> R.C. Johnson and his thick Forefinger, you know what I mean? Big, fat. Oh. Boy, you guys really suffer. Either one of you ever deliver ah. a baby? I'm just checking, just checking. <laughs> just checking. No, I've never had a baby. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Okay. Uh, but Poor I, guys. But I ask directions. Maybe it's my low testosterone level. I don't know. But I, I, when I don't know where I'm at, I stop and ask. I love to ask directions, especially if you're if you're in a foreign country. It's really fun because you get you find out about the people there. You yeah, know, just talking you, gives you an excuse to talk to a local. Hello right. there, young lady. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, did yes. you read this last week about the lady who had surgery to remove a mass on her adrenal gland, and the surgeon took out the wrong, wrong kidney? kidney. I mean, that, that does happen. It does. I do know that they'll give you a marker sometimes, yes. and they'll say right right on the thing that you yeah. don't want to have when you wake up. And, and there it yes. is. Yeah. I, I just that guy must have been on something. I'll tell you, for a physician to do that, that's just sad. Don't know the whole story. No, we I, don't. That's where I'm at. I, you know, issue of lawsuits. It's uh, talk about striking the the fear in the heart of a of a physician. Oh man, I mention lawsuit. I had a lawsuit, and it was three years before I could talk with ease to my patients again. It just you know you you've. They lost their trust in me, but I lost my trust in them, too. So there it was. It was just one of those, ooh, icky, tough times. Well, none of us like to be in that situation. No. Were you questioned for what you've said or done? Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to say a word about lawyers, though, Joan. Did you oh, notice? Oh, no, I there's such word, fine men. Not fine a practice. word <laughs> about lawyers. Oh, God forbid. The mother of a lawyer. <laughs> we would I'm never give lawyers a hard time. No. 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 <laughs> 
we've well, got four seconds, uh, four minutes four left, seconds. and I wanted to talk about the shows that are coming. And, okay. Uh, the show that's coming up in uh, a week from tomorrow night is with Maggie Callanan, who is a world expert in hospice care and end-of-life care. She wrote the book Final Gifts along with another hospice nurse, which I highly recommend for anybody who's facing death or dying, uh, something that I've been kind of thinking about lately. And uh, Maggie and I have become fast friends because I reviewed her book years ago, and, and she read the review and called me and said, ooh, that was a nice review. Thank you for doing that, and you should be on my TV show. Well, finally, she's on my TV show by Skype a year ago, and now she's going to be live. But before she's on the show next Thursday night, a week from tomorrow, she's going to be in uh, Brookings giving a course that's open to the public on the end of life care and it will be starting at 12:30 it's at it's uh, you call a hospital and ask to speak to hospice office to to get um, uh, the story but you it's fifty dollars you get a lunch it'll be a Thursday right it's a Thursday it's it's in the community life center which is across the street from your son's law office on 6th street right right next to gas and more it's the community life center f- next to the Methodist Church and um, at 12.30, uh, we start. I'm the, the noon lunch speaker. And then Maggie does uh, a two-hour uh, talk. Uh, we have coffee the whole time. And then there's going to be a panel, and that's it. So and we it would, is open to everyone. Not it's just open for everyone. For and, everyone. you know, I think anybody would benefit from this. The, she, Maggie is a fascinating lady, and it will be great fun. Uh, but that night, she's also on, the, on uh, our show. I don't have a calendar up. Bob, do you have a calendar? That's the 30th. Is, is it the 30th? Yeah. Okay, which is Thursday, Thursday the 30th. Tomorrow's the 23rd, so a week from tomorrow. Right. And you can just call the hospital to register for it. Right. I think it'd be, I wish we we're going to be out of town. I have to miss You're it. Have I would to miss really it. love to go to that. It would be, it'll be great I'm fun. I'm going to have to miss it, but I think many people listening will find it very interesting. And uh, many of our listeners are not in hospice care, and they're not elderly, but they're getting up there, and they might like to hear this woman. She's just a fine speaker, so it'd be really well, an interesting uh, program. You know, if you're going to be a caregiver for someone yeah. who may be in that situation, yeah. and now you eventually may, you know, just eventually. There, my sense is that this would be of great value for anybody to help. I, you know, the thing that it'll do, it will really help you relieve your fear of. Of death. I mean, it will. Uh, it's one of those huge uh, uh, reliefs when you talk to this woman about this. And uh, so, I would strongly recommend calling the hospital, ask to speak to hospice, to get um, information. Find about out the about this program, and uh, Dr. Holm will be there along with Maggie Callahan and the other people. Callanan. 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 Not Han. Yeah. Okay. Is that an Irish name? Oh, it sure is. No <laughs> question about it. Okay. <laughs> Well, we have run out of time, and we do hope all of you have enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Avira Medical Group Brookings. Please follow us on Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. That's what you want. Yes. So thank you, Joan. Thank you, Bob. Stay healthy out there. Dr. Holm, you didn't say the E word. Oh, exercise. And don't forget to get your walk today.